Welcome to the Have Company podcast, a podcast that bridges the gap between artists and their community. I'm grateful to share conversations with Have Company artists and residents, friends, and a little bit of my own thoughts on creating work and finding balance. Hey, Have Company podcast listeners, Marley here. We would love it if you could take a minute to answer our five question survey. We want to hear from our listeners to learn more about how you listen and what you're interested in hearing more of so that we can continue to improve our output. You can find this quick little survey next to this podcast episode at have-company.com podcast. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the Have Company podcast. This is Marley, and I'm sitting here with resident artist Brandy Harper. Hi, Brandy. <laughs> Hi. We are drinking coffee in tea at Eliza's house. Um, mm, it's always funny to, to, now there's been like a couple different places where we record the podcast, mm-hmm. and it's always funny to see where we end up. In new places. Um, so Brandy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I am very happy. <laughs> I've just spent the last 10 days. Uh, being an artist, I have I run my own business. My brand is called Pearl Bee Knit, and I design knitwear for men and women. And I like using natural fiber. I love yarn. Mm-hmm. I also teach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I taught an arm knitting workshop, and I cooked for everyone, and I sang, and I danced, and I just was like, I'm pulling out all the stops. And uh, yeah, so basically, I, I'm a knitter. But basically, I'm a knitter. Cool, and. And um, when did that start for you? What Tell us about, like, when did you get your first needles? Mm-hmm. What kind of yarn were you using? Like, what was your introduction into knitting? So my grandmother sent us all these blankets. And I had never met my grandmother. Actually, mm-hmm. to this day, I met her only once. Mm-hmm. She lives in Florida. Mm-hmm. And she sent us all, like, crocheted blankets. And at mm-hmm. the time, there was five of us. I had four other brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And year after year, she would send us these crocheted blankets. And I was determined... <sighs> To learn how to make the crocheted flowers. And although I never learned how to make them, I taught myself to crochet. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, I taught myself to knit. And I remember my mom... I remember I like I wanted really expensive yarn. I wanted the good stuff. I wanted the alpaca, yeah. Oh, yeah. the merino wool, yeah. you know, <laughs> the good stuff. And my mom was like, um, $10 for a ball of yarn. You need to get yourself a job. Right. And I was... I was 15 at the time, and about a year later, I was walking down the street, and they were there was a yarn shop, and it said, we're hiring. And mm-hmm. I walked in, I talked with the manager, and they hired me. And from then, I just started working in the yarn shop. From then on, until all throughout college, I started teaching knitting classes. I moved to another yarn shop, got paid more money, mm-hmm. and it pretty much just like went from there. Mm-hmm. And then when was Pearl Bee Knit born? Probinet was born after after college, after I graduated. Mm-hmm. I entered with Planned Parenthood. I mm-hmm. spent some time abroad as like mm-hmm. a community and economic development advisor in Southern Africa. Mm-hmm. And then I came home and I was like, I want to work for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. want to build something that's my own. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I launched Probinet. I started with like 22 one-of-a-kind pieces, all original designs. I decided I wanted to start with Etsy. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, like, took off Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) from there. When was that? How long was that? 2012. 2012, wow. And you've you've stayed on Etsy. Yeah. And how do you 
feel, I think a lot of people who listen who are maybe thinking about, you know, their own online shop, it like you kind of run into this, like there's just, you know, Etsy kind of was this birthplace yeah. for, you know, being like, oh, anybody, anybody can have an online store. And, uh, actually that's a good sound. That's a good sound. No, we that... just, we just had Brandy's <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> sound if you hear no, that we just, we've got a sale ladies okay and gentlemen. we we've got, got a sale. sale okay that was actually a good song perfect segue into like what i think about etsy perfect so <laughs> tell us what you think about etsy so i love etsy yeah. i i personally love etsy i mean you can't like sit around and uh-huh. just like just say oh i'm gonna put three items on etsy and then hope and pray someone right. buys them in the next year or so it, i really had you know i at least for me i really had to like be on it mm-hmm. and i started off with 24 items and i quickly mm-hmm. realized that that just was not enough mm-hmm. and and I think when Etsy first started, it was like, wow, it was kind of like a novelty. I think blogging was was just mm-hmm. becoming like really big. Mm-hmm. But now everyone's a blogger. Everyone, right. you know, is an artist. Right, <laughs> right. On Etsy, there's like literally 950 right. shops, right. 50,000 shops right. on Etsy right now. Oh my gosh. And so, yeah, like over 950,000. Right. Oh <laughs> so it's kind of like... For me, you you kind of have to do your best to set yourself apart from the crowd. And for me, the easiest way to do that is to create product, a lot of product, yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. And to post to Etsy as much as possible. Yeah. And a lot of my sales happen offline, so I can't really depend on Etsy okay. as like my primary sure. income for my work. And so most of my income comes from in-person craft markets, okay. which I love. They're really big in Brooklyn. You know, people shop. You know, they want to shop from small business owner. They want to shop handmade. And so there are tons of markets that happen, especially during the wintertime. Like, pretty much every week there's a market going on. And I try and do two or three a month. Uh Uh-huh. So I do that. (laughs) What are some of your favorites that you do or or regular ones that you try to participate in? So for the last, since I opened my shop, I did um, PS321. It's a school fair in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Uh And I love that. I love that fair mostly because all the parents know that they're supporting their school. Yeah. Um, It's a fundraiser for the school. And so it's always consistently my best selling day of the entire year. Wow. (laughs) Well, serious. Nice. Yeah. Like serious. Like yeah, I go yeah, there yeah. and I'm like Is it around the holidays? It's or? right around the yeah, holidays. Yeah, it's usually yeah. around December fourteenth, thirteenth, mm. December twelfth. So it's like so ideal 10. time. Yeah. yeah. And then from consistently from year two thousand and twelve, right up until this day, I've consistently made more money, more customers. I have repeat buyership, which is really good. I love school fairs. I think a lot of times people like they want the big ones and they want they want Grand Army, you know, right, Grand Central. Right, right. They want and then but those those fairs are really great because they connect with people that you will see all the time sure. every year. So sure. I love that one. I did Renegade last year. That was crazy. Nice, nice. I love Renegade. I just think that the quality of sellers and just are just really cool, really hip. Yeah. The the marketing is really great. Um, yeah. They featured me in like a maker spotlight, which nice. is really good. So that was a nice push. Yeah, TJ, Matthew, and I did Renegade two, I guess it'll be two and a half years ago mm-hmm. now. And um, Susie, who is the inventor of Renegade, mm-hmm. uh, we got to hang with her a little bit. And she has stopped in the store a few times. She actually lives in Michigan now. Mm. And is just like the raddest lady. And I feel like her, and sh- and I've loved watching, I mean, I just love watching how other, like, strong women entrepreneurs, like, build a team. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I think there's pros and cons to, like, every craft fair or, like, handmade, you know, event. But I feel like that one really, and even just in their social media, it really shows off yeah. their team and, it like, does. who's doing what and how 
integral it is to like have a team and delegate tasks and not do it by yourself and um yeah I love that kind of structure it is they're great they're really close you know when you walk in they're all sitting at the table welcoming you say hi artist yeah yeah. they're really enthusiastic I love them that's awesome do you um what what are your summers like do you feel like you have a summer schedule and does that feel different because you're using so much wool and it's like people don't necessarily want to buy hats and mittens are you like approaching scary season right now where it's, it's like it's oh hard, yeah we're like yeah. it's warm and you're like oh uh, i yes. hope it's cold somewhere because yes, yes. gonna keep cranking these out yes. <laughs> yeah. so i just launched like a 40 percent off sale on my oh, shop it's, it's actually doing really well which makes me happy nice. the sales don't always yeah, go the way right, you want them right. but this one is going really well and I had one woman say oh my god it's getting cold here and she's from Australia and she bought two items for me she said it's just getting cold here it's perfect timing for us to pull out our woolen so I think yeah I I have to kind of know that I can't stop marketing just because my summer has come to stop marketing winter stuff right and I know that people who are you know in hot weather is gonna be like what is this right but hopefully when the winter comes around they're like, oh, yeah, it was this girl who was marketing her wool stuff all summer. Right. I know exactly who I want to go to to buy, like, a, yes. a really nice hat yeah. or something. Yeah. But, yeah, this this time, things really slowed down for me. I have to... I yeah. have to... I do a lot more teaching. So I okay, also sure. teach um, NYC Craft Entrepreneurship, okay. which is a five-part course that Etsy created with Small Business Services of New York. And it's basically first wow. class. Yeah, it's awesome. It's in real life. It's in it's real, real life. real life people come in there. real life yeah. people. Like 20 people. I have 20 people in my class. We're all They're all behind computers. Oh. First class is about what it means to be an entrepreneur, setting expectations. Really awesome. The second is about um, branding and marketing. So we talk about, we have a lot of different exercises about telling uh-huh. your story. Uh-huh. Third is a three, four hour photography workshop. And uh-huh. I basically show them like how to do white back product photography, yeah. with bird's eye view, how to yeah. create vignettes. Really cool. That's like my favorite one. Yeah. Last one, fourth one is... Uh, Pricing for profit, uh-huh. sustainability. Uh-huh. Last Oof. one, taxes and growing other ways to grow your business. So I've been teaching that class for like the last two years. What? It's amazing. Yeah, and I get. Can I get, you come I, back I, and teach it here, please? I would love that. Yes, I could do that. Oh my gosh! Actually, Etsy wants that. They actually yeah. want me to go take, other places, yeah, to go other places and, and take it, and I can charge whatever yeah. I want. Yeah. And Etsy actually wants me to do that. Yeah. So that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Um, yes. Yeah. You need to come back now. We have a lot of reasons I need to come back. Um, so tell us a little bit about what uh, you worked on this week during your residency. <sighs> this week was just, it's just, I can't even tell it's you It's been a powerful amazing. week. It feels In so, so many ways. Amazing, yeah, yeah. Marley. It feels amazing. I, I can't even say enough. When I first got here, I just, I looked around. I was like, this place is beautiful. Yeah. I want to take pictures of yeah. everyone's thing. I liked that you thought that even though Michael was drilling the curtain into mm-hmm. the wall, it was like in shambles. <laughs> the place was in shambles. And you were like, it's beautiful. I was like, dang, okay, if it's beautiful now, you should see it tomorrow. It was great. Yeah. Like, it was such a warm welcome. I, Eliza came and she got me mm-hmm. and it was like snowing. And I was like, it's snowing. I'm happy. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe it was snowing when you got here. It now snowing. it is summertime. Summer. Classic Michigan. Seriously. Okay. So everything was beautiful. Everything was beautiful. Photos? I want to take pictures of everyone's things. I, did, I, hadn't, I didn't take pictures of everyone's things. That did happen. But I was able to like really take pictures of things that I really, really loved. Yeah. Especially knitting things. So that was one of my intentions was to like support other makers when I right. got here and like just connect and network. 
And on Sunday, I taught an arm knitting workshop, and yes. that was really amazing. Yes. Um, and everyone left with a, a you know, a handmade scarf. Yeah. And I was like thoroughly impressed with those. Like, wow, you guys are great. Actually, right, right. <laughs> I would like to say credit, but I think they're generally just yeah, really yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, I had written this um, like song. It was basically being an artist. And yeah. I sang it for everyone, and that was great. And you, and you, everyone, you and your crew stayed, and made me so happy. Oh my god, it was so incredible! <laughs> I've never seen a performance like that, let alone in Half Company. I was blown away. Ah! Uh, <laughs> we'll have to post some video of it we, when right? we post the podcast because I took I took those. We should. Yeah, we should. Um, and I, I cooked dinner, so I basically just cooked dinner for everyone. Yes. I got up like seven o'clock. I like made a curry lentil potato stew, mm. and that was like, amazing. So Sunday was amazing. Mm-hmm. We just it was just all day long, constant conversation. Oh, that was so long ago. It was. It felt. We've, so, we've done so much. I feel like we've done so much. I'm like so I'm much. going through the day. I'm like I could talk about what we what I've done this mm-hmm. last week, and it's gonna the podcast is gonna be over. <laughs> That's okay. We can keep. <laughs> um. So that was really awesome, and then. Tuesday was knit night, yes. which was great. That was a great um, knit night, too. Tuesday was a great knit night. It was like six or seven of us. Yeah. It was like eight, yeah, right? Yeah, we got like, two new people. Yeah. Kira, Lori. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was a nice little group. We had a great, great conversation. <laughs> I should probably turn my phone off. Great conversation. was awesome. Yeah. Um, And Monday, the day before, was beach day. So that yes. was just like, oh, man, I, I just, it was so peaceful mm-hmm. and just awesome. And I highly recommend anyone... Who comes to Grand Rapids, they gotta get to the beach. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it's different from like New York beaches where there's lifeguard things and there's garbage and mm-hmm. there's dark water and there's people yeah. hanging no people or always. <laughs> it's like, here is just like beach, it's just water, sand, earth, and beautiful beachfront houses. Mm-hmm. Like, really, this is the life I wanna live here. I mm-hmm. want to live here. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent a lot of time proofing my pattern. Um, my shawl collar pattern. Just mm-hmm. I was just mm-hmm. knitting, making mm-hmm. sure there's no mistakes in the pattern. Mm-hmm. So that was really great watching Netflix. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of a um, a newer transition in your business yeah. is to start releasing your patterns. Yeah. And you just recently did that on Etsy where you can have it be like a download. Yeah. Um, so what was it like? Because I'm sure inventing your own pattern maybe in your head or you just have it memorized <laughs> is probably really different than like having to understand how to write a pattern. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about why you decided to do that um, and what it's, what the response has been like. The response has been amazing. Cool. I'm really, really cool. happy. Um, I decided to, to post one of my most complicated designs, mm-hmm. um, the Helen and Bella Clava, that's mm-hmm. actually right now on my Etsy shop. Um, it, it's an intricate piece, and I wanted to I wanted that to be my first piece because it kind of incorporates everything I love about knitting. It has mm-hmm. color, it has increases, decreases, crochet, mm-hmm. sculpting. It just has a lot wow. happening. But it's yeah. also a piece that could be done over a weekend, sure. which is really nice. Sure. Um, it takes, it has, a, you, need, you need like a six or seven different needle sizes to create okay. it. So you learn a lot. You, if you're a new knitter and you do, you, this is your first like second project, you're going to have like a ton of needles. You're right. going right. to be set for like the right. next couple of years. Right. And so um, it's been, it was at first, I was intimidated by it mostly because my patterns can have so many different steps and it's twists yeah. and turns. And mm-hmm. then, and then when I started actually sitting down and really writing them and proofing them, I was like, okay, this is, 
this this is possible. People can do this and not feel intimidated right. by the, the complicated lookingness of it. Right. Right. <laughs> complicated lookingness. Right. Um, that's the technical that, term. That's right. the technical term. And 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 then I started adding pictures. I said, okay, I need to make this even more comprehensive. So I started taking pictures and adding like how to in progress photographs. Yeah. Um, and that kind of like made my pattern, you know, just knitting patterns to like knitting tutorials. So they're like six yeah. to eight page like mini booklets. Um, and I just, I posted it on Etsy and I've already got like a ton of people getting it. So right. that's really good. Right. Uh, and this is one of my more, it's like one of my more androgynous pieces too. So mm-hmm. men could wear it, mm-hmm. women could wear mm-hmm. it. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I all, I taught, I wrote knitting patterns at my yarn shop. I did a oh, lot cool. of pattern testing and okay. things like that. So I had already kind of came in knowing technically how to write a pattern. Writing mm-hmm. mine is just... I proved that pattern like a dozen times, like myself, right. again and again, which right. is good because then I had like now I have like twelve balaclavas that I right. can sell. Right, right, <laughs> pretty nice. Yeah, it's like it has like it has its benefits to prove yeah. myself. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you live in Brooklyn, New York. I do. Uh, why and for how long and will you stay there forever? Yeah. Um. So I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of bitter when I came here yeah. and everyone we were talking about like oh. It's so amazing yeah. to live here. And I'm like, oh, why? What's amazing? It's like, well, the quality of life is amazing, mm-hmm. you know. Apparently, one of the shops that we're renting, like, uh-huh. actually near half company, uh-huh. like, it's like $1,000 less uh-huh. than what I pay right. for my rent right. in Brooklyn. Right. And I was like, okay. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So Brooklyn, Brooklyn, I love Brooklyn though. I really, even being here, I think it's, I'm, I'm really excited to go, to go home. Mm-hmm. I really am. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Brooklyn. That's like my hometown. Mm-hmm. I was born in Miami, but I moved when I was like a year, my parents moved to New sure. York. So that's my home. That's yeah. like, that's my, that's my place. Mm-hmm. The one thing that is the reality is there is, it's always a hustle in New York. Mm-hmm. It's always, mm-hmm. you know, I have to be teaching. I have to be knitting. I have right. to be like freelancing and, and it's, I, there's no stopping. And I think it's good because I have a problem stopping is actually right. something right. I have to work on to stop. So right. it, it works for me because I can, I'm in a city that keeps on moving and I can't stop moving. So it right. just works. Right. But but you then know, do you find that you don't take rest? I don't take rest. Right, right. It's actually, is a problem. Right, it's right. a problem. And it's, it's, it's something I have to, especially running my own business and like wearing on the hats, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I have to consciously make an effort to do is to stop, especially working from home. I'll get up at seven. I get up early mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. So I'll get up at seven and I won't stop. I won't right. stop until nine right. or 10. Right. And, and. And even when things are slow in my business during the summertime, and like in terms of um, knitwear sales, I just pack my day with other things, whether it be preparing for the winter or you know looking for more you know looking for more freelance work and right. you know filling out resumes and I mean applications and working on my resume. So it's constant. Um, but Brooklyn, I think, it just has like a kind of vibe and a kind of swagger that I love. <laughs> I highly recommend it to anyone who yes. like wants to be in that kind of environment where yeah. there's something always going on. Yeah. But comparing it to Grand Rapids is I feel like I feel like like I feel like big here. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah, I like important yeah. here, you yeah. know. I feel like I feel like I ha- there's so much possibility and I think it's because Grand Rapids is still evolving and it's it's really homey and it's it's not a lot of people constantly like New York there's constantly people on the street always. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the window now, it's so peaceful. 
It feels mm-hmm. so like I want to mm-hmm. fill it with mm-hmm. things. And so, um, but I want to stay in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I want to, I want to leave Brooklyn mm-hmm. for in terms of like just quality of life, being able to pay less for rent mm-hmm. and less for food mm-hmm. and for everything. But I don't think I'm going to leave anytime soon. Well, and I think it's, um, I remember when I was graduating from college and deciding to move back to Grand Rapids and I had a few friends who were also dancers who, you know, were from Brooklyn and they were moving back to Brooklyn mm-hmm. and that was so much more accepted because there's a, you know, obviously the most, basically one of the most thriving dance communities in the world is in New York City. Yeah. And I was coming here where there wasn't that. And, but it felt a little bit like people were like, oh, you're going back to your like hometown. And I was like, well, no, I'm like going back to Grand Rapids, which is a really different place than it was four years ago. But nobody gave anybody moving back to Brooklyn, like, their hometown (laughs) any shit, because it was, like, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I mean, it was the same with, like, my friends who were moving back to San Francisco. Nobody was like, oh, you're moving back to your hometown. They're like, oh, you're moving back to San Francisco. It's like, that choice is just as safe for them as me moving here. But but I think also what I realized is because I used to really try to figure out, like, um... I assumed that one of those choices must be right and one must be wrong. And I think I've really seen that it's like, it's just people have the, can need to pick one and then visit the other. And I, and that's been the most exciting part about running the residency, especially I get these new friends who live everywhere and it's like, um, okay, cool. Well, I like this to be my mainstay. And then I like to go to Brooklyn for four days and like feel that wild, busy, magical hustle time that happens there. (laughs) And then I like to come back here. And it's like, and then there's a lot of people who live in Brooklyn, like they want that all the time. And then they want to come here to have a little, you know, time. And so I think that's part of why I do like staying here, but it can be, I think it's hard on both sides and there's like kind of a forever, it doesn't like ever just feel perfect one day. Yeah. Um, what are maybe some things that you do? I mean, especially like you said, you have trouble taking rest. Um, and just like the intensity, I think of living in any big city, but especially in New York, um, what are maybe some daily rituals or some things that you just do every day to like feel grounded or lock into your body or kind of stay centered? Yoga. Yeah. Yoga. Bikram, Bikram yoga, Mm -hmm. particularly. And, um, before anyone, I know Bikram the man is an asshole, (laughs) but, um, yeah, but the, the yoga itself is really incredible. I, I just, and I, I've been practicing at my studio, my home studio for like the last six years. And it's just, I have like a community there. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of them, a lot of my friends are artists too. They're entrepreneurs. So when I go to yoga and I see them and they're practicing almost every day as well, it's nice to kind of, I'm, even though I'm leaving work i could still be around people who are like getting away from work i love that you know so and not only being on the mat it just is just feels so good it's difficult on my body in the sense that it's it's not like oh um it's like it's a cardio workout i'm i'm sweating i'm moving i'm stretching Mm -hmm. i'm I'm pushing myself it's really mental and also it helps me get out of my head which keeps moving like my mind won't stop so 
Um, for me, it's just going to yoga pretty much every day. I, I like to do 30 day challenges. Mm-hmm. So I did nice, one in nice. January. Yeah, I went to the yoga every day. Mm-hmm. And I did one again before I came here. Wow. Just to kind of, you know, clear my mind. And then yeah. I ride my bike to yoga. So it's like a 20 minute bike ride to and from wow. yoga. Wow. So it's like about like three hours solid. Yeah. Where I get just to be away from work, exercising, clearing my mind. And it's really good. Also cooking. Oh my mm. God. I love cooking. And you are good at it. <laughs> I love cooking. Yeah. Um, if there's no food in my fridge and I like I have like these bouts of like sadness sometimes mm-hmm. where I just feel like, like I feel like I question my self worth, I question sure. you know I just question myself. Yeah. And then but and then and then I look at my fridge, I'm like, Oh, it's probably because you have no food in yeah. your fridge. Right. And so for me cooking is like having raw goods and food in my fridge is just it feels good just to see it there, and it also feels good to actually do something with it. Um, so not only yoga, but also cooking and shopping. I love. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a member of the Park Slope Food Co-op, and it's the best place on the universe. Yes, it's um, as a person who has been there and <laughs> doesn't have that here. I agree. <laughs> it just being there. I ride my bike sometimes. I'll go there. Mm-hmm. I'll get. I'll go grocery shopping. I'll ride through the park. I'll go to yoga and then I'll go home. Wow. And that little journey. People are like, wow, that's a lot. I'm like, no, it's the yeah. best times yeah. I have yeah. all week. Yeah. Um, so cooking, definitely. Cool. Um, I want to go back to some of that, like, self-questioning and, and whatnot. And we, um, we posed, we posed the question to the Instagram <laughs> community of we like did. what people want to kind of hear about. And I loved, I loved that. I mean, that was, that was also, I'll definitely say that was Brandy's suggestion. And, um, I, I, it's rare that I pose a question yeah. to the people mm-hmm. because I am stubborn maybe, or I like, don't like taking people's suggestions. Maybe that's why I'm my own boss. Uh, but I, it felt awesome to like read people's feedback. Um, yeah. but something that I really liked, which I, I don't really talk to people about that much is like, what do you do when you have a, a creative block? Yeah. Um, and I think, a lot of times my creative blocks are really self blocks, which is like what you just said. Like Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to be creative when I'm like, was what I'm doing even matter? What, what's the point? Does anybody even care? Um, do you feel like you have ways that you try to get out of that? Yes. Um, so I, I, I go through it. I'm realizing that, you know, as I get older, Mm -hmm. when I was younger, I, I just thought, you know, do I, you know, you know, you want to self-diagnose and yeah. do I suffer from depression and should I take right, pills right, and you know, right. what's the matter with me? Right. And then as I got older, I realized that it was probably the most human aspect of who I was, you right. know? And I also think it's a, a part of being an artist, you know, we, we have like these really sad stories about artists, like, you know, overdosing and like dying at really like young ages and like, it's yeah. serious and they're so amazingly talented. And so for me, I had to kind of realize that it was something that maybe just being an artist and being creative, that I would have to deal with these kind of feelings where I'm just not okay with where I am. I'm at because yeah. I want so much more. And I, I feel like I've been given these like these gifts, and I feel like I've been I have so much responsibility not only to you know to people around me but to myself. And so with that kind of responsibility comes you know questioning. And so for me, I had to just kind of realize it was something I had to work through and not try and run away from. So I you know 
you know, obviously going to yoga and cooking is good, but when even with yoga and cooking, I still find myself in that place. Um, for me, it's really just becoming even more active, doing even more. Mm. Um, and so, and I think maybe it's counterintuitive, but people say, maybe you need to stop. And for me, it's like, no, I need to do more. Mm. Um, yeah. And so the first thing I do really, I think the most, if you, if like you have a creative block, is to sweep. Mm. For me, wow. sweeping is powerful. Yes. I mean, it's just... You know, I think what happens, especially for me, I do like instant gratification. I like getting things done. Mm -hmm. And I do particularly like having things on my plate always. But then when you have a lot of things on your plate and things are not really moving off in the way that you want them to move off as quickly as possible, Mm -hmm. it can kind of feel like that. When am I going to be done with these things? Mm -hmm. And so sweeping just creates a really great like feeling of accomplishment because Mm -hmm. there's always going to be dust on the floor Mm -hmm. and you're always going to have results finishing it up and then you just look around and you feel accomplished and not only that like um and it depends on who you are like for me i i particularly have to work in like tidy spaces Mm -hmm. some people Mm -hmm. work like like, working in chaos like steve jobs man that man's that man's a master but his his office was a disaster right right right. you know so you know you just have to kind of know yourself but for me i do have to work in tidy spaces so sweeping for me just kind of helps and then i'm like wow and then i say okay let let me or you know i just look so great let me let me organize my needles you know let let me organize my yarn and by the end of two hours things feel more in place and then mm. photographs come out of them like mm-hmm. oh i forgot let me make, 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 make i'm gonna make a picture with like these yarns together mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. so i think sweeping yeah i have to highly recommend sweeping for me i love this yeah you have no idea i don't sweep <laughs> ever and really really need to so it's, it's very useful it's beautiful um the so, something i was thinking about too was the, in terms of like spaces and organization is the the balance of you know do you get a studio outside of your home yeah. do you work from home um how did you make that choice or do you struggle with that or do you feel like oh yeah it's I love having a home studio I love having home studio yeah I yeah. love being home yeah I yeah. I love being home yeah it's it's you know again I'm I'm a homebody I've mm-hmm. always been that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly why I've been knitting so often when I was like yeah. 14 years old. My mom would be like, oh, you're not going to go outside today? I'm like, no, I'm going to knit. Right. And I know my mother was just like, where did I get this girl? Right. My mom, my mom, when she was pregnant with me, she was partying. She's, right, right. she's a woman about the town. Right, you know? right. So she, she was just like, where did I get this girl from? And so I just spent a lot of time at home. Mm-hmm. And so having my works, my workspace, which I'm really lucky to have like my own little room, mm-hmm. um, where I can like work and I live with my partner and mm-hmm. she's she's just incredible and she yeah. also works from home so huh. I like the fact that I have my own little space of my own mm-hmm. and if anyone's interested in like seeing like pictures of it I did a home tour for Design Sponge and I took oh, pictures awesome. I took tons of pictures of it and it's just like it's just my own little space I got a lot of the pieces from IKEA I built some of the pieces nice. um and a lot of it is really a lot of it is my my market display. So mm, I'll just cool. literally pack up my office and bring it to my to my markets, right. and it's just simple. So and then also I mean and then maybe part of it also is that I don't really have much of a choice. Um, sure, there are a lot of people I know a lot of artists who have Brooklyn based studios, mm-hmm. um, and they they're fine like they're great. And but for me, I I don't know if I would want necessarily mm-hmm. a studio, maybe a storefront. 
like mm. a storefront that like masks as you know like maybe a storefront in Grand Rapids or you know I that, that's open I'm telling you that's away so from open I'm telling you Marley that one God. that you can live in the back that's <laughs> I think that's here actually I think that's here I think that's here I think that's here that is so possible like if, if that if that was a, if my party was like could move out there that we could definitely do like we could have a yeah. I could have a storefront we could have a really nice apartment and we could like travel to Europe every year if I was to move to Grand Rapids my life yeah. would be so well, good here we are <laughs> just waiting for you you found the Bikram Yoga place I mean I did what's left <laughs> you got me Bikram Yoga your store <laughs> Can't I can't the beach? I'm really beach. confused. What we're all waiting on? I don't know. Right I don't know. We'll have to play this for Adrian later and see if she can get on board. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, oh well. Um, so you just mentioned pictures, and that's. I mean, that was definitely why I was immediately drawn to you. I think at you know at some point in the last year, I stumbled upon your Instagram and was just like, oh my god, this Aww. woman is taking really innovative pictures for social media. That's I mean, so just sweet. like really beautiful ways of, you know, shooting your products that feel honest and like authentic and like you really love them and you love what you've made. And I think, um, something that I run into and I th think a lot of other people who, you know, value not over consuming yeah. struggle a little bit with yes. the constant like here's the thing I made please buy it <laughs> you know it's like and you say that every single day yeah and I struggle with that because I don't want to say it every single day but every day that I do I make a sale yep you know and it's that I run into that where I'm like okay I don't really want to post to buy something today yeah. but like the bank account could really use me posting <laughs> something to buy today yes. you know and so it's and I certainly and I really try to not only sell my own shop, but carry work or invite residents who are making things that I feel like honestly add to the value of life. I don't, I don't really sell, I think I used to more and I kind of moved away from more like just gifts, you yeah. know, just things and whatever. I love gifts. You know, I mean, I, gifts at the end nice. of the day, I'm a gift store. I mean, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. I wish I could edit that out. Um, I'm a store where people buy gifts for people they yeah, love, you know, or they, gorgeous. I mean, they buy things for themselves too. Yeah. And that means a lot to me, but I feel like, um, uh, and, and so I, I wonder maybe what, what it's been like for you to, to find that balance and just to, I don't know, how'd you get so good at taking such beautiful <laughs> pictures of yourself? <laughs> you know, it's so funny. When I first opened my shop, that was, that was, I struggled with photography. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I struggled so bad. I mean, I got a job specifically to buy a camera. Um, I started working at, at a store as a barista just uh -huh. so I could save for my camera. So yeah. once I got my camera, even using it, it was just difficult. Like, I don't... I was trying to learn the technical aspects, like aperture. And yeah. Like, yeah. And now I shoot on automatic. Okay. Like, I shoot automatic yeah. photographs, which when people... When I say I'm a photographer, I'm like, eh, well... Sure. And yeah, you're using a camera, not use usually your phone. No, no I don't, you don't, you don't use, use your phone. I don't yeah. use my phone. Yeah. Um, I'll have a few, like when I take pictures of trees. Cheese? <laughs> trees. Trees. And I said cheese. I was like, I haven't noticed you taking very many pictures of cheese. And we have eaten some cheese this week. <laughs> lots, lots okay, of Okay, anyway, sorry. When you take pictures of trees. Um, well, I'm taking pictures of trees, like bark, because I think it's yeah, gorgeous yeah. and I'm really inspired by the color schemes mm -hmm, of trees. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I'll use my phone, but generally I, t I use my, my DSLR camera. Sure. Um, and then it really, I, I just had to keep going. I yeah. just had to keep on trying, keep yeah. on trying. Yeah. And then I started to realize, I was like, okay, I can, I can do this. Yeah. Um, it was like 
after only after two years of running my business that I start doing self portraits and a lot of it was like my I think I think it was a self esteem thing like I'm acne prone mm-hmm. and so I didn't really mm-hmm. want to get in front of the camera and then I discovered this thing called retouch mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I was like yeah I'm gonna take Oh, I like this. I love taking my own yeah. picture now. Yeah. Um, and also it was like a necessity thing. I was using my family, my sisters, my partner as models. Yeah. Because sure. I need to have like models, mo- you know, sure. a lot of my garments. Yeah. And then the like maneuvering through getting them here and then having to feed them and then having yeah. like, I just wasn't able to get as much product photographs as I needed. And so yeah. it was a lot of part yeah. of it was necessity. Another part of it was that I just got better at figuring out how to make my right. pictures look better with right. retouch and editing. Right. Um, and then now I just, you know, I have those moments where I have an idea and I think about it and then I'm like, you know what? Don't think about it. Just get in front of the yeah. camera yeah. and take a picture. Yeah. And actually I use a camera remote. I set up in front of like my, my window. There's nothing fancy in my yeah. living room. Yeah. And it just looks, it looks great. I really, I have to say, I'm really, I'm really proud yeah. of my photographs, mostly because it took me so far and yeah. so long yeah. to get there. Yeah. Um, but then also Mark, so then like marketing my work, yeah. um, you know, you were trying to show someone uh-huh. like like my gar- like using oh, Instagram yeah, trying yeah. to show someone my work yeah. and you had to scroll yeah, and to scroll, scroll and scroll right. to see my work on right, my Instagram right, right. dedicated to marketing right, my right. business. I was like, that's a problem. If yeah, people don't yeah. if people have to scroll for weeks right. to see one of my items. And yeah. so I do struggle with the fact that I don't want to be that kind of salesperson right. that's right. constantly like, right. buy this and look what right. I made, look right. what I did. Right. And I realized that my mo- and I think that's again a part of being artists, like kind of wanting people to like our stuff, and maybe a part of it is me have, making excuses for not putting my work to, in the forefront. Sure. But every time that I do, it's and I love my work. I love knitting. I love yeah. using really intricate design techniques, and I love it. But once I put my knitting in the forefront, when I when you when you put your products in the forefront, you realize that that is actually what people want to see. Right. So this last week, when I started my sale, my forty percent off sale, my last. Six Instagram posts is me marketing my sale and right. me showing my product, and I've gotten sales. Right, right. And it hasn't been. I haven't been. I've been like, buy this. Right. Stop right. messing around. Right, right. And buy right, me. Right, right. You know, right. I've been like putting. I haven't been really like sneaky about right, it. I'm right. like, no. Yeah. This is great. Right, right. You need to get on yeah, this. Yeah. Right. And people are like, I'm gonna get on it. Right. So I think I think a part of it is just kind of knowing that. As a, a running like running my business by myself and having wearing all the hats, the marketing hat is like probably gonna be the hat that's gonna really make right. you a lot most right. of your money. Right, right. And not being afraid to like stick it on there yeah. really tight and like own it and be I like, know. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Um, but then I also try and keep it mixed up. You know, I try and I like to post a lot of vignettes of my, my yarn yeah. stash, my yeah. tools. Yeah. And then I know a lot of people follow me not only for my knitwear, right. but a lot of my students follow me. Sure. So I you know, I, I, I you know, a part of me is a teacher and so I try and, you know, share quotes and I like little poems. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. You know, try and connect with people but ultimately I think a part of it is just being like, well, this is, if people don't want to see my, my work, right. then maybe they're right. not the kind of people that right. need to be following me. Well, and I've also thought about ex- exactly what you just said, that I feel like a lot of times I don't have like, I don't have like a social media plan. You know, I don't have like a editorial uh, schedule that I've planned out for myself. No. You know, I just, every day something happens and I post a picture of it and you know for better or worse I think in some ways it's nice I don't want to think about social media that much I like that I think about it about once a day and then or a few times a day and 
just go for it. But I have, I think, but I think some of that is that same thing. It's like, sure, that's maybe a little bit natural, but some of that is like selling myself short and not just owning it and being like, okay, I want to make X amount of dollars this week. What do I need to sell? What do I want to post? This is like literally the first time I've ever talked about selling stuff on the podcast. Really? It feels so weird. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Or even just like uh, thinking more about, you know, people often just because we have um, obviously followers who don't live here, they're like, I want to take this class online or whatever and trying to think more. Just, like, more business plan. I just don't business plan, which, again, is, like, part of my charm. (laughs) Uh, But also, like, I think holds me back in a lot of ways from just owning it and being, like, a powerful businesswoman. I'm a powerful businesswoman, damn it! You're a powerful businesswoman, damn it! (laughs) Like, seriously. You heard it here first, listeners. (laughs) Marley realizes almost three years in that she is indeed a powerful business owner. Yes! Oh, it took me only 35 episodes (laughs) Figure it out. <laughs> Woo! Got a lot of work to do this week, people. Well, I think um, hanging out, I, we hung out with our friend Andrew this week who, you know, has I think has been, you know, successful as a musician yes. and in a way that um, maybe it was one of the first times I was like, oh, yeah, like, that's attainable to me. That kind of, like, success or comfort or just seeing any of my friends and a lot of the residents too who come are like in a place you know not just like financially but spiritually or like business-wise that like I want to be at that in my head I think especially coming from you know a a poor family is is feeling like that's unattainable or I want to hold myself back I'm like too afraid to go there um I want to. I want to fucking go there. You know, I'm here to go yeah, t- there. I mean, you're already. I feel like you're already on. You're already there. Yeah. I think it's just. I think. I think you're already there, actually. Yeah, and maybe yeah. this is me coming on the outside looking sure, in. Sure, but that's. I think and that's I helpful. Think, yeah. And I think. I think you're amazing. Yeah. I think you're hot. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think yeah. you're a boss. Yeah. Boss. Yes. Okay? So I. I mean, I think maybe a part of it is yeah, oh, like admitting to yourself that yeah. that's yeah. like you know right what your situation is because it's there I see it it's there you know um you go home today I do (laughs) (laughs) we don't have to talk about um what's kind of next what's your like next few weeks months looking like well uh, next couple days gratefully I get to work on knitting yay (laughs) orders orders (laughs) my sale I have knits to make yes yes that's great when does your sale go to I'm just gonna write it out and see like how it goes and then I'll once I start feeling like I'm going to stop this right, right, right now. Right, I'm going right, to stop it, but right, right. I don't have an end date for yeah, it now. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, but I'm so going to work, work on knitting. Yeah. Um, being here so far, like just being around you guys and this being at Half Company and seeing all the like the, the zines and yeah. the books that yeah. people have written and self-published, yeah. Yeah. that to me is so inspiring. Yeah. And so one of the first things I'm going to do is to start working on turning my patterns into little mini zines yes. so that I can sell printables Knitting zines. Knitting zines. Like, yes. that was, like, yes. the number one thing. That's what we I, need more of. We need more life. of. Yes. Yeah. And, and I feel like I have something to say about knitting. I feel like I, I've been doing it so long. Yeah. I have, like, I have a voice, and it's just a matter of, like, owning it and yeah. putting it in writing and yeah. saying, this is me. Yeah. Yeah. And when I first, before I got here, I knew book, I knew having a book out was going to be, like, the next step with yeah. patterns. Yeah. Um, but talking with you, you're like, well, it doesn't have to be a big, you don't need a publisher. You don't need right. like, no. you know, to take out a loan, right. so just print it out right? 
and sell it. Right. And, like, and it, it was so empowering. I was like, what? That's, yeah. all, that's all I have to tell. Yeah. I just have to go write myself to Kinko's, yeah. print it out, yep. and sell it. Yep. And so for me, that was really empowering. So for me, they're just going to like, I'm going to start with my Bella Clava pattern. So it's already on sale like as cool. a PDF on my yeah, Etsy yeah. shop and like turn it into a little mini book. Yeah, so yeah. that's like number one, cool. um, knitting patterns and then, then books. Yeah. Um, and do more research about artist residencies. Cool. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't, Sweet. Every, every single one, every single one of the people I've, I've met since I've been here have mentioned yeah. residencies as yeah. if it's a normal way yeah. of life. Yeah. And I didn't know that. I don't know where I've yeah. been. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, and yeah. they're, they're so empowering. Yeah. I was able to like to really focus. Um, I spoke, I spoke with my partner pretty much every day, but yeah. it, you know, my sister a couple of times during the week and yeah. It's been really nice to kind of check in and be like, this is, this is my life right now. Yeah. And to hear them like so far away, knowing that I'm doing things yeah. so far. I don't know. I don't know if I'm explaining that right. Yeah, but no, just feeling like having that time away from people. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I appreciate more. Like I'm so yeah. happy to get home. So yeah. happy to be in my own yeah. bed. Yeah. I'm so happy to hug people yes. that I love, you know. Yeah. But I think it was being here and being around such amazing people that I'm, yeah. I'm like, wow, this is my life. This is the life I get to live. Yes. You it know, is. this is, yeah. there's no reason to not, you know, I feel like we could all look for problems. You know, there, there's going to be problems if we look for them. Yeah. But there's so much love and goodness surrounding us. If, if you know, and I feel like I have that. And sometimes I forget. It's just being here has been awesome. So I'm definitely looking into more artist residencies, taking my work elsewhere. I'm excited about that. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, you kind of just answered it, but the last question of the Half Company podcast is, what are you excited about? Oh. <laughs> but um, I usually yeah. like for people to tell me, like, about... Um, like maybe something that you even discovered or like a book or a movie that you just watched or a show that you're really into or a podcast that you love listening to, like something that in kind of this last moment uh, that you just want to tell everybody about. I love all the um, health and homestead, you know, mm-hmm. tincture zines mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you sell that have company. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jess, who's like the kitchen witch, mm-hmm. she just recently... Um, release a little zine yeah. about, you know, about holistic living yeah. and creating so tinctures good. and so herbs. And I love that little book. Mm-hmm. I think I, 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 you know, I, I'm generally, I generally eat really well. The only like real issue I have is with sugar. Mm-hmm. I love, I love sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but generally speaking, I eat organically. I cook pretty much every single meal I eat. Um, but incorporating more herbs and, and like healing and healing tinctures and flower essences into my, into my life is something I really want to do. And there's so much, I've realized there's so much information out there, mm-hmm. so much information out mm-hmm. there. So that is definitely awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a, a, also another book, a, another book called, um, Our Stories and Other Voices. Mm-hmm. And I forget the, I forget the, um, Atia. Atia. Uh-huh. And I read over her book, and it's really it's powerful. It's basically mm-hmm. just putting all your like how you how you see yourself in the world, putting it on paper, and and reflecting on who you are. It's really powerful. There was I was gonna share one of my answers to one of her questions mm. that I wrote on yeah. my on my social media. Yeah. And I was like, do I really want to get this personal? Do I yeah. do I really want to put my whole life right? Whole That's soul the whole thing. Yeah. On the Instagram post yeah. right now, so I said like I'm gonna hold on to it until yeah. I feel I feel better about it, but. Yeah. Um, her book is really amazing. Yeah. Her book is really our stories and other voices. Highly recommended. Cool. Thanks, Brandy. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, what a transformative forty-five minutes! Oh I my feel God. totally transformed. 
This is why we had to save it till today. I couldn't handle yeah. it before. I couldn't yeah. handle it. Uh, any last, any last words? Um, you guys can find me on Etsy mm-hmm. and Instagram at ProBNit, and it's P-U-R-L-B-K-N-I-T. And if you have any questions about what I talked about today, do not hesitate to ask. <laughs> 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 Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.